to the Cosmic Peach Podcast, the Halloween edition of the Cosmic Peach Podcast. And what do I have in store for you tonight? Well, I have Davey Wavy from the Red Pill Cartel Podcast. We are besties and we both love horror movies. And we're going to rate the best horror movies. And not only are we going to rate them, I'm going to quiz Davey to see if he can guess which ones are based on reality. So, Davey, how are you? Fantastic. How are you? I'm so thrilled. <laughs> I can't wait to get started. We've been discussing this one for, for quite a while now. And yes. it's cool. You got some kind of little, uh, little bit of a game going. So I'm all down for that. All right, yeah, and I threw in a couple of the ones you had messaged me about because, you know, I'm a good sport, and I know you love John Carpenter. Absolutely, my favorite. Yeah, no, I love John Carpenter. Who doesn't love Halloween? I just grew up with that, you know? It's like one of the things that my brothers were into, you know? And it just rubbed off on me, like being like, a music aficionado too i just appreciate what john does scoring his own movies and shit right like that's like mm-hmm. my favorite i'm like dude this guy's the jack of all trades and the horror master right yes no amazing kidding. yeah no i definitely agree and i have some on here so we'll get i have a story about john carpenter actually when we get to it but our first movie our first stop of the night is going to be The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I don't care about my reputation. What I care about is telling Emily Rose's story. Holy Church venerates thee as her guardian and protector. To thee, the Lord has entrusted the souls of the redeemed to be led into heaven. Pray therefore the God of peace to crush Satan beneath our feet, that we may It has begun. Is this based on a true story? I I, I believe that it is. Because it was a it was a big court case, right? Was it not? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Based yeah. on a true story. Yeah. From one to ten, what are you rating the that movie? I actually saw it in the theater, and uh, when it came out on video, I bought it and I watched it like maybe a few more times. I thought it was awesome. I'd probably give it like a seven or an eight out of ten. Seven point five. Sure. 7.5. Yeah, it's good. I liked it. 
it's different because it had a court case in it, right? Yes. I thought it was pretty wild. It wasn't like your typical possession movie. Yeah. And you know, sometimes things based in truth are like, what do they say? Truth is stranger than fiction or something mm-hmm. like the fact is stranger than fiction. And I feel like that's this movie because it just gave you that creep vibe. Like, oh my God, you know? Right. And so I'll let me tell you a little story about the exorcism of Emily Rose. And then you can give me your commentary, what you think about this. Oh yeah. Okay. Jennifer Carpenter is Emily Rose, right? She's uh, Dexter's sister. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He has a weird look. And she I does. feel like played that part very well yeah because she, when she's, she's like, like when, she, when, when the, i think the boyfriend finds her in the dorm and she's like ah <laughs> like her mouth's open she's all contorted <laughs> that scared the shit out of me when i when i saw that the first time oh my god <laughs> <laughs> <You sound nuts. laughs> okay Some <clears throat> of emily rose was based on a German girl, and her name was Annalise Michelle. And she was actually a devout Catholic, and she lived in Germany in the 1960s, and she attended Mass like twice a week, all of this. And one day, unexplainably out of the fucking blue, she wakes up shaking uncontrollably, and her neurologist said that she had epilepsy. So he put her on like these epilepsy meds, but they weren't helping her. And she just like continued to deteriorate. And basically she was like, I, I don't have epilepsy. I'm possessed by demons. And she would say that they would tell her she was damned and that she was going to rot in hell. And she, out of nowhere, just started ripping her clothes off her body. And she performed up to 400 squats a day, barked like a dog, and ate spiders and charcoal for weeks, bit the head off of a dead bird, and drank her own urine from the floor. And then finally, a couple of priests came over and they conducted 67 exorcisms and, um, they did not work. She said she was still possessed by six demons, Lucifer, Cain, Judas, Iscariot, Adolf, Hitler, Nero, and some disgraced priest called Fletchman. And basically over the next 10 months, she stopped eating and slowly died. And that is the story of the exorcism of Emily Rose. Real or not? What do you think? I saw pictures. Oh, really? Were they like horrifying? Yes. It looked very similar to the movie. Like bent back, all of that. That's crazy. 67 exorcisms. Because 66 wasn't enough, right? (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) bastard. Did 67 actually get it out, though? No, they never got it out. So what happened to her? She died of dehydration on July Holy 1st, shit. 1976. Well, dude, she was drinking her own urine. How could she die of dehydration? <laughs> and she was eating spiders and charcoal. Yeah, that's fucked. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. And there, I think there's actually, if you go on YouTube and just type in this girl's name, you can actually see videos of them, like, 
preying on her and like they're really old obviously they're from the 60s that's but crazy they exist. have you ever watched when you were younger a show called um a current affair Mm-mm. okay i think it was the late 80s if i'm not mistaken but they had one <clears throat> and i tried to look it up for years because it was the most terrifying shit i've ever seen in my life it was a guy sitting in a kitchen and he was possessed. They had him in the kitchen. He was just sitting in a chair and he was possessed. And the look on his face was just like the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's one of those PTSD moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like his face was all cracked and his eyes were like yellow. And he was just like, <laughs> and I, it scared the shit out of me. It, I could still vaguely see it, but I tried looking it up. I couldn't find it for the life of me. It sucks. What if it's one of those Mandela effects and only certain people? Uh, could be. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> okay. So in true Halloween fashion, our next stop is going to be John Carpenter's Halloween. Opened in Kansas City on October 25th, 1978. Is this based on a true story? I believe that it is not. It is not. Fuck you, Dave. No. (laughs) Okay, one to ten. Oh, definitely a ten. One of the greatest flasher flicks of all time. I'm giving it 9.5. Okay. I I just... I needed it to be... I can watch it over and over and over again. Those are the kinds of movies I give a ten. Yeah, I can watch it over and over again too. Like I love it to death. I'm only I'm I'm holding back the other point five because I wish in the very first one it would have cut to the chase a little bit faster. Sure, sure. You know, because the beginning is slow. High school and walking home and like all so but back then I think that was just to build the suspense. Yeah, and they he did a really good job with the atmosphere too. Mm-hmm. like the fall the leaves everything the town the students it was all done perfectly I found and the music of course oh of course like you can hear the leaves like blowing against the sidewalk that is just like genius yeah amazing of itself like absolute genius so of course this is going to be one of our top ones and you haven't gotten any wrong so far So maybe this next one will trip you up. (laughs) 13 Ghosts, released October 26, 2001. There are ghosts around us all the time. Most of them, they can't hurt us. Most of them don't even want to hurt us. But there are exceptions. Is it bad tonight? Oh, bad. It is my professional opinion. We should get the hell out of here. Now. I represent the estate of your Uncle Cyrus. We have an Uncle Cyrus? Cyrus recorded this message six weeks ago. He asked it to be played for you in the event of his death. Arthur, I've instructed my lawyer to deliver my last will and testament. A key? A key to what? A key to your new house. This house is the fruit of my life's work. Oh, my God. It is a one-of-a-kind home. It's marvelous, isn't it? Wow! 
Arthur, we've got some papers to sign in the library. After that, I would love to take you and the family around the tour of the house. This place is awesome! All right, now I know I'm dreaming. Well, your uncle was quite a collector of many things. Is it based on a true story? I'm going to say no. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) And to be honest, I think I've heard you talk about this movie on your show before. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. It's the one with Matthew Lillard. Yeah, I I know. And I did not like that movie. Are you kidding me? I thought it was cheesy as fuck. (laughs) I saw, I, I, I also saw that in the theater. I was excited to see it. And when I saw it, I, me and my friends were both were we were all like, oh, I don't know about that. So what are you giving it from one to ten? That one, uh, for entertainment purposes, probably about a four. I'm giving it a ten. Really? Yes. I might have to watch it again. I mean, I just wanted to for the listeners who also love 13 Ghosts. So the traditional Zodiac is based on 12 signs. And in the movie, they use the black Zodiac, which is not 12, but 13. And they find a ghost to represent each sign of the black Zodiac. So that was the firstborn son, the torso, the bound woman, the withered lover, the torn prince, the angry princess, the pilgrimess the great child and the dire mother, the hammer, the jackal, the juggernaut, and the broken heart, all representing the Black Zodiac. And that movie terrified me. Really? (laughs) Terrified me. You are a little younger than I. I know, but... So when I saw this in the theater, I was probably like early 20s. And my friends and I were like... This guy, this shit's got nothing on the classics, you know? Oh my God, when they go and they find the juggernaut, uh, and you can only see him if you have those glasses on with the weird <laughs> script on them. I'd have, I'd have to look at it again, maybe, I don't know, but I just remember it being cheesy. I just remember you breaking my heart five minutes ago when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. <clears throat> okay. Just watch it again, Davey, this year. I'll me. give it a shot. Okay. So, our next stop is Scream, of course. Hello? Why don't you want to talk to me? Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn at the movie. Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. Is this based on a true story? No. Yes. Really? Yes. It is based on a true story. Sorry? Rate it first, and then I'll tell you the story. The first scream, I'd give like a seven. Okay, I'm with you. I'm going to give it a seven as well. Yeah. And so, of course, what's your favorite scary movie? So there was a specific set of murders that took place in Florida 
which served as a foundation for the ones that transpired in the fictional town of Woodsboro. In August 1990, Danny Rowling would be christened the Gainesville Ripper after he, like Ghostface, used a knife to kill five students in Florida. And then Scream writer Kevin Williamson was house-sitting in Los Angeles watching TV when a special about the Gainesville murders aired, and it freaked him out so bad that he came up with the idea of Scream. Interesting. And I had never heard about the Gainesville Ripper. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. And it happened in 1990. You was alive, Davey. You should know this. <laughs> Probably completely oblivious. I wasn't born until four years later, so I get an easy out. You do not. You should know about <laughs> the Gainesville Ripper. <laughs> And he killed five people, he said? Yes, he killed five students in Florida. It doesn't say if they were like high school students or college students, but it just says he killed five students in Florida. Crazy. Yes. And of course, the story is embellished. Yeah, of course. It's like everything, every time they say it's based on a true story, it's like they take like a couple things that the killer did and then kind of right around that you know oh yeah they like blow it up out of proportion and like drew barrymore's tits flopping in the front yard or she's getting <laughs> knifed in the chest yeah <laughs> i remember back then too it was kind of like people are like oh drew barrymore's in this new movie and then she's dead at the very beginning <laughs> <laughs> we all yeah. thought it was a drew barrymore movie and she's dead <laughs> yeah no, that's the stupid part about it. But There's that another... is iconic, though. What's your yeah. favorite movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's another movie that ha- that happened to. Uh, it was called Executive Decision. And it had Kurt Russell and Steven Seagal. Everybody was excited to see this new Steven Seagal movie. And in the first 10 minutes, he fucking fly- he flies out of an airplane and dies. <laughs> yeah. And then it's a Kurt Russell movie. Which I had no problem with because I love Kurt Russell. Oh, I love Kurt Russell. So you'll appreciate this next one. It's the 1994 classic In the Mouth of Madness. This one will drive you absolutely mad. The riots began because the stores could not meet the demand of Sutter Kane's novel, In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, yes. Is this based on a true story? Definitely not. (laughs) No way. (laughs) (laughs) However, if it was, it would be completely fucking utterly terrifying. Oh, I would never. I'd have to kill myself if it was based on a true story. Dude. We we probably wouldn't even be here right now, actually. <laughs> the, a psych ward. That was part of John Carpenter's uh, Apocalypse Trilogy, they called it. Yes, that's what yeah. I have for my notes here. I said it's the third installment in what Carpenter refers to as his Apocalypse Trilogy, preceded by The Thing in 1982 and The Prince of Darkness in 1987. And in the mouth of madness, he is paying tribute to the works of author H.P. Lovecraft in its exploration of insanity and 
its title being derived from the Lovecraft novel At the Mountains of Madness. Oh, yes. Good so work. That is very interesting to me. Good work. Have you seen this recently? I have not seen it recently, but I okay. have seen Prince of Darkness recently because you sent it to me and then it, I was like, oh, well, now I got to watch it. Yeah, see, oh. But In the Mouth of Madness, to me, one of the main reasons why it's terrifying is because there was, it wasn't the first time I was watching it, but I was watching it with my girlfriend at the time and I had a full-blown fucking panic or anxiety attack when I was while I was watching it and it wasn't because of the movie I think it was just like something triggered me right but it was while I was watching and watch the mouth of madness yeah and I I ran upstairs and she was like what's wrong what's wrong I'm like call the ambulance I'm dead I'm dead I'm already dead like (laughs) I, I was having a total anxiety attack I felt like I wasn't in my head. I felt like I was like above myself watching me and that I was already out of my body dead. It was crazy. If I had to pick any movie to be having a panic attack during, it's it wouldn't definitely be that one. not the most yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's demented. I know. It's, it sucked. And it kind of ruined the movie for me because I didn't want to watch it again for a long time after that, right? Because I was like, but I don't want another know. fucking anxiety attack. Yeah. I mean, wait a second. We didn't rate it, though. Is this oh, a that, 10 for you? Uh, I wouldn't give it a 10, but definitely probably about an 8. I'm giving it a 9. Yeah. Because it's just like, and obviously, the listeners, if you haven't seen it, just take it from the top. Watch the thing, and then watch... Prince of Darkness, and then watch In the Mouth of Madness, and then report back to yeah. Dave your eye. They don't, they don't really correlate at all with the story or characters. No, it's not like sequels. Right. But it's all kind but of they, like... They are all end-of-the-world scenarios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so our next stop is Child's Play. Give me the power, I beg of you! The original. The original. The original scared the bejesus out of me when I was a kid. I did not want any fucking uh, figures or dolls in my room after that. Like, I had a Cabbage Patch doll. He went right in the fucking closet. (laughs) You Uh, had to turn him around. Don't look at me. Yeah, dude. And then I wake up in the middle of the night. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) head turns back towards me. Uh, It was okay. Uh, it was scary when I was a kid. Story. Oh no. Yes. <laughs> no. Are you serious? Yes. Okay. Yes. Ha- okay. Explain. You gotta explain this one. Okay. 
So my little snippet that I have here says, while Chucky, the killer doll from the Child's Play franchise, isn't a real-life individual, he is actually inspired by a true story. The real events that helped inspire what would become the story for Child's Play begins with the tale of Robert the Doll. While Chucky was just one of many mass-produced good guy dolls, Robert the Doll was a one-of-a-kind toy first owned and named by Florida painter Robert Eugene Otto. There are several different stories regarding how Robert Eugene Otto was first gifted the doll in 1903, but the most popular story is that he was given the doll by a woman who served his family. She allegedly practiced voodoo and devised the doll as a way to get revenge for having been abused by the family. There were many other reports as well, which insisted Robert the doll could move around freely and express himself as if he were alive. And some suggested the doll could blink its eyes and certain moments even run with evil laughter. I would like to see this be a movie instead of what they did with the actual movie. Right? You know, like so Annabelle. it was a serial killer and then he was dying. He got killed by the police and he he possessed the doll before he died, right? Something mm-hmm. like that, yeah. Yeah. And I, first off, I'm giving it a 10 because this movie is so nostalgic for me. I had a good guy. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes, I begged my mom for one, like the little psychopath that I am, and I had an authentic good guy doll, and Crazy. it was my prized possession. But what are you rating it? I give it about an eight as well. An eight. Yeah. Do you remember that chant he would do when he would be like calling on the demons or whatever? He'd be like, I "Can't quite remember." Oh my god. But no, the chanting scene, now I know, is called the voodoo chant. And that shit sounds like it could conjure up some shit in real life. I wouldn't doubt it. Because they put stuff like that in movies. Sure. So when you play it in your house, you're like, ooh, that's creepy. But they're actually uh, summoning shit up. It's like the Evil Dead movie, the original. Where it's like, do not play this fucking tape. And it's like, whatever the fuck it is right and then the next thing you know the fucking house is all possessed (laughs) don't fucking play the tape asshole (laughs) oh my god backwards backwards speaking freaks me the fuck out like if i hear anything backwards like They did that in the first this movie. You remember because she was in the bed and she was just like, oh, yes. and then they played it back and it was like, help me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you have you heard Stairway to Heaven backwards? I don't even want to. I've already heard Dude, like weird it'll stuff freak about you the it. fuck out. Like what the part where, the part where he says, um, if there's a bustle in your hedgerow, you know that part? Mm-hmm. If there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alone now. You play it backwards, it says, Here's to my sweet Satan. 
Yeah, like clear as day. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> know how to do that, though. I don't know if it's fucking... Well, look at the shit they were involved with by, um, by Zeppelin Four, which is what album it was on. They all had a sigil for each of their names. That they, they, they learned all this from fucking Crowley, too, right? Fuckers. Yeah, it's crazy. So who knows? Maybe Crowley taught them to put backwards masking messages in their song. I mean, see, that's what I'm talking about when I say, like, everything we consume is on purpose. Fuck all that. I yeah. don't want to be a part of it. But I still, to this day, enjoy <laughs> You know, I, you have to at some point have to. Yeah, something. for sure, dude. I'm not, I'm not the no. type that's going to be like, everything is satanic, therefore I'm going to sit in my room and do absolutely nothing and pray all day. <laughs> right. You know, like, come on, man. Yeah, no, I'm the same way, Davey. So, our next stop is Psycho. Is it based on a true story? I believe that one kind of is. Yes. Yeah, and I don't know the killer's name, but he did have that obsession with his dead mother, I believe. So, before I tell you the story... Great fucking movie, too. Shit. One to ten. One to ten. Black and white Alfred Hitchcock. Not yeah. Vince Vaughn. No, that's a ten. Ten for me, too. Yeah. Amazing movie. Just so well done. The shower scene. Iconic <sighs> to this very day. Crazy. Or even the very end when you see him dressed as the mother. It's like, oh, shit. What? Do you know what they say at the end of that movie that I laughed so hard about? And my mom was like, I forgot that was even in the movie. He's dressed up as his mom and he's in like the holding cell. And there's a doctor talking to the police officer and he goes, I think I know what's wrong with him. And the police officer goes, he's a hermaphrodite. Oh my God. That's too funny. The doctor was like, no. <laughs> no, he's not. That would apply he has both sex organs. Why was he dressed like that? He's a transvestite. Uh, not exactly. <laughs> That's too funny. Oh, God. <laughs> I, even, I even enjoyed the sequels. I did too. I did yeah, too. they were fucking Anthony Perkins was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So amazing. So here's the story. And it's even funnier because of the conversation we were having, like right before we got on here. The Alfred Hitchcock black and white classic, which is timeless, as we were saying, is the story of Norman Bates and his mommy issues which were inspired by the story of Ed Gein. Okay, it was Ed Gein. A Wisconsin man who was convicted of murder in the 1950s, and although he was only convicted of two murders, he is suspected of having a much higher body count, and he was an amateur grave robber prone to making unique home decor including lampshades composed of human skin from a person's face and the story of ed Gein also inspired the texas chainsaw massacre i was gonna say there is also another killer who he's based on which is leatherface yes yep yeah. yep 
And did you know that uh, Gain had gender dysphoria? I did not. Yeah, that was a, that was one of the big reasons why he was doing what he did. Oh my god! And can yeah. you imagine being so awful? You get not one but two horror movies based on you, right? And they happen to be the most iconic of all time: Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which and- is a ten. <laughs> yes, and, and. yeah the original only all the other ones can go fuck itself because <laughs> the original is the only scary one part two was okay three was okay all the remakes eh, didn't do it for me the hell with them huh the latest one on netflix pure garbage oh the only one that i kind of entertained is the one where like the girl goes back to meet her family and she finds out like she's Leatherface's sister, and he kind of like defends her, and you're like rooting for Leatherface at the end. Which one Have was you that? Seen that one? Was that was that? Uh, I don't know if I saw that one. I've, I've seen them all. I'm pretty sure. Well, if you haven't, I'll send you the link after we get done because it's the only one where they spun it so crazy. That it was totally, it was like its own movie almost. I think right. actually. There was one with Matthew McConaughey. Did you see that one? <laughs> yeah. That one was so fucking bad. It that one, he so actually, bad. he actually goes, Leatherface actually goes full out transvestite for that movie. He puts on pantyhose, he puts makeup on his fucking <laughs> face, everything. He wears like fishnet stockings or some shit. Oh, oh. yeah, no. Renee Zellweger was in it too. <laughs> The very uh, first one. The very first one was rustic and raw and pure terror. Pure terror. Yes. yes. Agreed. Uh, and and like even the acting, it was kind of cheesy, but I, I think it fit it somehow. Yeah. I you know, it was so it's strange. It's hard to explain, but one of the best horror movies of all time. Hands down. Yes. Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. And I think in a way... Actually, to go back to Psycho for a second, anytime you involve a character who's doing something weird like taxidermy, that just adds a whole nother layer onto the character because it's like he had all those stuffed birds and stuff. Yeah. It was just every little meticulous detail was like he thought of everything. Like, how am I going to portray this guy? Yeah. He could have just had him be like a crazy like mommy issue. No, he had to be a taxidermist on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know cool, fun, cool fun fact here. My ex-girlfriend's dad or parents were friends with Alfred Hitchcock. What? Yeah. And when he would come into town, they'd have dinner with him all the time. Holy shit. Yeah. Pretty wild, eh? Oh, that is fucking unbelievable. <laughs> and they said he was like the, the fucking nicest dude ever. Well, and, and he was and, a brilliant genius. And my my so my ex's uh, father was had, was British, or her parents were British, so they had like they they were all speaking with the accent during dinner and shit. Right, pretty wild. Oh my god, that is yeah. so crazy! Wow, I wish I don't know anybody cool like that. But pretty pretty crazy. Moving on to our next movie. July 30th, 1999, released The Blair Witch Project. I can see you. I'm really excited about this. Thank you for I'm the opportunity. I'm very glad. 
This area's been haunted by that old woman for oh, years. I don't know why you have to have every conversation on video. Because we're making a documentary. Not about us getting lost. We're making a documentary about a witch. Is this based on a true story? I believe that it is not. But you many people, when, when that movie came out, I had to fight people because they were trying to tell me it was a fucking, it was real found footage. And I'm like, no, dude, that's just the gimmick for the movie. And so this one guy I was working with, he's like, no, dude, it's real. It's real. I'm like, okay, you win. <laughs> <laughs> he can believe it's real, but I know it's not. And that and was the first movie of its kind. Absolutely brilliant. And I'll tell you, the Blair Witch Project, as low budget as it was, is a massive cult hit and nothing happened in the movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's like we still watch it to this day, talk about it constantly. Nothing happened in the movie. And one of the most terrifying things of the movie was the guy standing in the corner at the end. Yes. That's what you <laughs> watched the movie for, that last yep. 50 seconds of the movie. I'm giving it an 8. Yeah, I'd give, it, I'd give it about a 7 or an 8. 7.5. Although, I should give it it's a It's hard to watch now. It is, but yeah. just the fact that it ushered in that yeah. genre. I saw it in the movies. theater with my mom, actually. Did your mom what? like it? She liked it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you almost have to give it a 10 just because of what it did for horror. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, I put it up there as like a, a, a big achievement in the advancement of the industry. Yeah, I agree. But then I there's agree. so many that failed doing that. Cloverfield. I actually liked Cloverfield. I did not. I could not get into it. I needed it to be creepier. And less Godzilla-like? Yeah. <laughs> more of like That's, more it felt like a found footage Godzilla movie. It did. But did you ever... Now, this one is not 100% one of these found footage movies, but there was one called... It, it's actually not that old. It's called The Visit. M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, that was great. Because it would kind of go half and half. Like, it would be the movie, yeah. and then it would be, like, the little kid, like, on his phone or whatever. Yeah. And the grandma I, had sundowners. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. That was a good one. I loved it. I thought it was very original. Yeah. Super, super, like, outside the box of normal horror. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And it's worth watching that movie for one scene. Yeah, well, wait, <laughs> but he reaches what? into his diaper and he throws a shit in his face. <laughs> <laughs> I almost puked when I saw that. <laughs> but then I started laughing. I was like, "Did that just fucking happen?" <laughs> he literally yeah. reached into his depends, <laughs> took out his shit, and whipped it at the kid's face. <laughs> Too funny. Oh my God, no. And if we're on the subject while we're talking about the Blair Witch Project, obviously the Paranormal Activity movies. I've seen all of them, and I didn't. I didn't hate any of them. I liked all of them. Yeah, they. they and they, I they, loved how they all connect. Yes. Yeah. Even five, even five connected with everything. I thought they were fucking awesome movies. I loved all of them. Highly entertaining. So a lot of people didn't like them. 
but I absolutely yeah, I know. Love a lot them. of people well, didn't like them. Yeah, I, I thought they're amazing. Even they, the those first are the, one, which was really good. Yeah. I think the second one was my favorite, though, because I had the best scene ever in all those movies. That's the one with the two little girls, right? I think that was three. With the little girls? Uh, I'm not sure, but the second one was the, they had that scene in it where she's sitting in the kitchen and she looks back into the living room and she, cause she thought she heard something and she looks back again and all of a sudden all the cupboards and drawers whip open. That's that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, the second one, what it's like, it gave it, they, they had time to think of a little bit more edgy scenarios for the second one. Yeah. Because the first one was like, oh, that's some shit that looks like it could really happen in somebody's house, you know? But then the second one, they were like, all right, let's up the ante just a little bit now that we know people like it. And yeah, no, I agree. I think, I think the second one was really good. Yeah. They're all good though. I liked all of them. I loved how they revealed like why everything was happening like that. Right. Like the whole, the whole, uh, like occult ritual and everything. The like that was like, thing. amazing. Totally fucking cool. Love those movies. Loved it. All right. Next we have the birds, another Alfred Hitchcock. Pitch, this isn't usual, is it? We've been out back looking at the chickens. Something seems to be wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with those chickens, Mitch. That's the damnest thing I ever saw. I don't know. It seemed to swoop down at you deliberately. Birds are not aggressive creatures, miss. They bring beauty into the world. It is mankind, rather, who insists upon making it difficult for life to exist upon this planet. Is this based on a true story? I think it partially is. Yes. Yeah. Once it's in on the birds. I gonna have to take a pass on it because it's been, I saw it when I was a kid and I can't remember it. Okay, I saw it maybe like four or five years ago because it was on TV. But basically, um, it's based on the 1961 seabird attack uh, in Santa Cruz. I think that's in Los, uh, what am I talking? I think that's in California. But basically, um, Alfred Hitchcock read about it in the news and then made the movie. Yeah. So it was actually seagulls. It was a seagull attack. Well, that happens every day where I work. <laughs> okay, I was like, it's not as scary with seagulls. Yeah, because they they can be unpredictable. Yeah, fucking seagulls. I mean, but I feel like I could take a seagull. You know, yeah. the birds and the birds were like really mean and like fast and shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm giving the birds a six out of ten. I remember my mom was scared of that movie when she was younger. It It's one of those things where it was ahead of its time. Oh. For the yeah. time, but now you go back and watch it and you're like, uh, it was okay. Kind of cheese. So, The Exorcist. Here we go. Is this based on a true story? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but and I want to hear the backstory. I just got to go ahead and put that out there. It's a oh, 10. That's 10. By far, easy 10. Easy 10. And it's basically, I actually covered this on an episode I did about Ed and Lorraine Warren, but it is based on the 14-year-old boy, Robbie, who lived in St. Louis 
And um, there was actually an article in the Washington Post that was headlined, Priest Frees Mount Rainer Boy from Devil's Grip. And it inspired the movie. But the true story is that Robbie played with a Ouija board, much like Reagan does in The Exorcist. And ultimately, two priests, just like in the movie, performed the rite of exorcism 20 to 30 times on this boy and freed him from the demonic infestation. 20 so it was a boy. To 30 times. It was a boy. It wasn't a girl. It was a boy named Robbie, which I feel like is might be why they picked Reagan. Reagan, right. So... I found that to be super interesting. And the demon has two names. Can you name them? In The Exorcist? Yeah. Mr. Happy or something like that? Close. Very close. Mr. It's not Mr. Or Tony something. Captain. Captain Howdy. There you go. Okay. Yes. And the ancient evil demon's actual name was... Starts with a P. You're going to have to give it to me. Pazuzu. Pazuzu, yes. Yeah. Isn't that... So you want to talk about something ahead of its time that set the bar for the rest of horror for forever? People had heart attacks watching that movie. Yes. In the theater. Yeah. Fucking crazy, dude. So there is an edited version and there's like a non-edited version. And in the non-edited version, there's a scene where the lights start to flicker in the house and the mom's in the kitchen with like a candlestick and the lights cut out and there's the face, the devil face right behind her. Like the wide-eyed white face? Yeah. Yes. And they edited that out in some of the other versions because it was scaring people to death. And I believe... Oh, that that part also happens when uh, Damien Karras is jogging, and you can, or he's having a dream that he's jogging, and when he's running, you can see the face flash, and that part used to scare the shit out of me. They edited that, that as well. The person whose face that is is a woman, and that's the woman that did the voice of the possessed Reagan. Is it really? Yep. And you know her voice, by the way. Oh my God. Oh. That's that was like everything you ever imagined like a, a demon to sound like. Unbelievable, eh? So the exorcist for me They did I... all kinds of like tricks with that voice too. Like they would like layer it and, and play it backwards and do all these kinds of weird manipulations with it. But it was her voice, she was actually acting it like this. You know what I mean? Like, it was crazy. I saw an interview where she said, and it's just coming back to me, she said she drank whiskey like five times a day and smoked like 28 packs of cigarettes. Just (laughs) to sound like that. That's crazy. And Reagan, the girl who played Reagan, broke her back in that movie. Really? She fractured her spine in the scene where it's flipping her like this. And she's like, holy fuck and she fractured her spine doing that and the directors left it in 
because it was really her screaming for help. Right, right. I said, well, you can't get me any more authentic than this. <laughs> The way it starts out, though, with it being like he's on a dig and he finds like these little artifacts and it's like evil against the evil and like all this. I mean, you almost can't find a scarier classic scary movie. Dimi, why you do this to me? It still lives up to the hype. Absolutely. 100%. And that score, by the way, is also legendary. Oh, yeah. That's uh, Mike Oldfield, right? Tubular Bells. Tubular Bells. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So we are now moving on to November 18th, 1990. Stephen King's It. Okay. Based on a true story, yes or no? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) But once it's in, where are you giving it? Uh, When I was younger and I saw it, I'd probably give it an eight. But now I saw it again kind of recently. I'd say about a six. Even with the the deadlights. They float. They all float. Down here with me, fat boy. You float too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's you can tell it's just got that made for TV quality, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what just kind of kills it for me. I mean, but seeing it back then when it first came out, it did fucking scare the shit out of me, that's for sure. But now I'm watching it. Now I'm watching, I'm, I'm watching Tim Curry, and I'm just like, this guy's the fucking best. He's so funny. He <laughs> you know is I mean? so funny. Yeah. But how would you compare it to the new It? Part one and I think two. the new ones are fucking scary. The new ones are better, way better than the original. Yeah. Like, like really scary, I found. So I'm usually like a purist. Like, I'm like, oh, I'll only watch the classics. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, remade bullshit. The new... Part one and two of it, way astronomically better than the original. I and this is like agree. a rare case, you know, yeah. but it's true. But the thing is, it's like Stephen King adaptations can be hit or miss. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because he he jam packs so much shit into his books that every time somebody makes a movie out of it, they miss a lot of shit. Yes. You know, and, and t- integral things that need to be in the movies and they're not and it really yeah. pisses me off just like what happened with the shining yeah Kubrick kind of just put he basically barely put anything from the actual Kubrick, but the movie was so good though you're right that's like an exception to the rule right Yes, that. And then they made the made-for-TV version, which was more closer to the book, and but it wasn't as good, you know. Yeah, I know, I know. So that one is, and I'll tell you that that one kid from Stranger Things is so funny, and I loved him in the first uh, It that they just remade it, the first of the It 
Yeah, yeah. He was in that one, and he was like, "What are we doing measuring dicks?" And it was just, <laughs> it was like so funny, and I just loved it so much. You know, but, one of the scariest parts of that movie was for me was what's his name? Is it Patrick? The oh no, Henry. Henry's at sitting at home watching TV, and he's watching that kids show, and all of a sudden you see all the kids stand up and like, "Get him, Henry! Get him! Yeah!" And that just fucking totally freaked me out because it looked so authentic. Oh, like, no. It was like, it, it just made it like seem like he was having this hallucination. Yes. And it was so, I was like, what? Like it fucked me up when I saw that. Let me tell you, in the second part of the new one that came out, when she goes over to her old apartment and that old lady is in there, Oh my god! And it's doing like that weird like walk that yeah 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 yeah. And when he goes to pick up his prescription at the pharmacy, and there's like that plague guy down in the basement, just just like IVs and shit, just spits puke all over him. Oh man! It's like this is see now that's what I'm talking about. This is on a whole new level for it. Definitely, the end was disappointing. It was. It was. Actually, the, I think the ending in the original made-for-TV one was better. I do, too. Yeah. yeah. The remake of the ending, it it kind of fell flat. Almost like they they got all the way up to the end, and it was just like, let's throw some bullshit together. It felt that they could have done more, for sure. Like, it was, like, kind of too... I, I think they could have done three movies. Honestly, they definitely could have just watched yeah. part three and yeah. just took their time on it and like give it, given it like an epic ending. Yeah. Cause did you read they, the book? I never read the book. Okay. So it's pretty damn close. These two movies, but there is some stuff missing and they could have put, they could have made a third and stretched it out a bit more on, on each movie. They could have stretched out each one a little bit more. And like just went ran the full gamut and made it perfect, but they kind of just cut it short at, on the other part too. And I love the I love the people the the cast for the yeah. yeah and I think that that Skarsgård kid that can do that weird thing when he splits he his killed eye, it. he killed it he killed it absolutely killed it. Hi, Georgie. I liked him in Hemlock Grove as well. Have you watched? That I did show? too. I he did. Excellent. He was the best part of that show. Yeah, and he was like sexy, creepy, and so like his brother was in True Blood. That right. was Guard was in True right, Blood. Right, right, right. Yeah. I was thinking, like that guy has such a look and like a feeling about him, and then I find out like it the clown is his brother, and I go, "There's something about that family. Like they just do creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they just yeah, do creepy. yeah. Not, uh, that show was Hemlock Grove had the best fucking." werewolf transformation i've ever seen yeah me too ever i was like are you fucking kidding like that i'm so excited right now just thinking about it like how it happened and like he just like he still got some skin left over on him and he just shakes all the skin and gold i'm like oh my god that was amazing (laughs) no yeah actually hemlock grove is like nine out of ten for me as far as shows that, yeah, it's a really good show. Really good. 
And I think it got passed on. Like, it got passed up by a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people watched it. Well, they can fuck off. It's really good. Well, yeah, they have a recommendation right here, right now. So, Hemlock Grove, yeah. people. <laughs> there you go. Next on our list, Davy is Poltergeist. Is this based on a true story? I would say that it could be. It is. Okay. And now let's get the 1 to 10 out of the way. 10 for me. 10. Easy. Easy 10. Another easy 10. 10. (laughs) That movie made me fucking terrified of clowns. That movie made me fucking terrified of being anywhere in my house that what I wasn't being supervised by an adult. Like, no closet, oh. no bathrooms, no hallways, yeah. none and of And when that. I was a kid growing up, that snowy TV was always on. Yeah, no And fun. I had to turn it off every time I saw it on. They're here. I was petrified of everything yeah. after I watched that movie. Yep. And um, so... What a lot of people don't know is produced by Steven Spielberg and directed by Toby. Toby Hooper. Hooper. Yes. Who also directed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. He has has something about him, too. Yeah. Oh, he made some great movies. Yeah, definitely. And did you know that Poltergeist was the first movie to receive a PG-13 rating? I believe I do I do that, yeah. Basically, they were going to just rate it PG, but they were like, eh, PG-13. Yeah, still, I would, I would say that movie should have been rated R. I, I think it should have been rated R. Because that I mean, movie the, fucking terrified me when I was a kid. The Skeletons... And all that. It, all the, the skeletons in the pool? Yeah. Well, when they were popping up out of the floor and just the car oh. opening. And... You left the bodies and you only moved the headstones. You only moved the headstones. When she's in the, the, the pool that's still being uh, under construction. Those and all the skeletons come up. Too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. So let me tell you about the true story um it was in new york state in 1958 in the town of seaford and it was the herman family who claimed to be victims of paranormal activity and this was the inspiration for poltergeist so basically they would see bottle tops pop off um and move around on their own furniture move around on its own and They called a paranormal investigation team, just like in Poltergeist. They did a Life magazine piece on it. And basically, when the paranormal specialists arrived at the home to deal with whatever was lurking inside, the occurrences abruptly stopped. So basically, they came over to investigate all the claims, and they couldn't find shit. This house is clean. Sounds a little fishy to me. It does to me too. <laughs> I'm going to rate that seven fishes out of ten. <laughs> yeah. 
anytime that they say, like, even the fucking Jay Anson story for Amityville, right? It's oh, like, God. Like, talk about a fucking moneymaker, right? And that shit fascinated me when I was, Amityville really fascinated me when I was a kid. I had the book, I had the movie, uh, I was, like, wanting it to be true. Amityville you know? was a biggie for me, and I do like the remake with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it was good. I thought it was yep. really good. Yep. He played a really good George Lutz. Yeah. Like he almost looked like George Lutz, like the real George Lutz. Yeah. It was it was really good. And I liked how they embellished it and added like the torture chamber in the basement. Right, right. Catch him. Like they catch him and kill him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was cool. cool. That was cool. They made it less of a mystery, though. That's what I find, right? I think most of the modern horror remakes, they make these movies a little bit like like they're spoon-feeding you a little too much and not leaving so much up to your imagination. You know what I would say would be a perfect example? The opposite of what you're saying would be hereditary. It left a ton to the imagination. And that's what I love. I want to be like, I need yeah. to figure this out. Yeah, those are the what best the horror movies. Like Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. That is like a mystery. And you're wondering if she's fucking batshit crazy mm-hmm. or if she's mm-hmm. not. And then by the end, you're like, okay, she's not. <laughs> but, then, but then you watch the remake, the TV show, and it's like, they're spoon feeding you through the whole thing, and it's like you know it's she's too much. onto They're something. Yeah, too much. It was cool, but I I prefer the the subtle hints here and there, you know. And, and Mia Farrow, Roman oh. Polanski, the whole thing just it was a masterpiece. That's a ten for me too. Oh yeah, yeah. So next on the list is a Nightmare on Elm Street. Is this based on a true story? No. Yes. Okay, so there was a pedophile that got burnt to a crisp, and he and ensued to haunt people's dreams. <laughs> it's even fucking worse. Really? Okay. Worse. Listen to this shit. All right, so get this shit. Nightmare on Elm Street director Wes Craven revealed that the idea of teens being stalked in their sleep by Freddy Krueger came after the filmmaker read an article in the Los Angeles Times about a Cambodian family whose young son struggled with awful, vivid night terrors, and he told his parents he was afraid that if he slept, the thing chasing him would get him, so he tried to stay awake for days at a time, and this boy sadly died in his sleep. And they said the likely cause was he was a victim of sudden, unexpected nocturnal death syndrome suns okay (laughs) (laughs) it's the sun's death interesting sudden unexpected nocturnal death syndrome unreal and that is what inspired freddy krueger that's crazy isn't it and I had never heard of that. That's like the sudden adult death syndrome for me. Right, right, right. I had never heard of that. Which is a and new he, thing. He basically said, 
I'm scared to fall asleep because the thing chasing me will get me. And then he yeah. died in his sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy, dude. Like, that is scarier than Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Like, I, I, because this really happened to somebody. So now I'm like, what's scarier than having a bad dream and knowing this happened to this kid? And being like, oh, I'm going to get sudden, unexpected nocturnal death. Right. <laughs> but it, it goes, it, it goes to say, like, there's, they say that if you die in your, in your dream or whatever, you die in, in real life. I don't buy that because I've died several times mm-hmm. in my sleep, like in my dreams. Like I've, I've fucking fell off a cliff and splatted I to the ground. To. I have to. Got hit by a fucking car. I. I've seen the end of the world happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Smashed, like, I've seen it all in my Sometimes I don't even wake up. I'm just like, oh, I got hit by a car. (laughs) I'm back to to life again. You You just responded. You were like, dead. And then you were immediately like, you just shake it off. Okay, back alive now. Yeah, yeah. Dream. Usually I know that I'm dreaming. So I think that's why. I'm going to give Nightmare on Elm Street a seven. I give it about a five. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. It's got, it's, 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 I'm not bashing it. It's just kind of cheesy, you know? All right. What about Freddy versus Jason? Give that about a six because it was cool. And I've always wanted to see it happen. And I, I finally got to see it happen. happen. Yeah, I like when he goes to Kelly Rowland and he's like, "Got your nose." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Robert Englund is just a treasure. Oh, like, he let's is admit a treasure. It. it was great to see him in Stranger Things. Oh, I have not seen him in Stranger Things. Oh shit, he's in season four. Okay, I'll have to. Well, just yeah. for the fact that he's in it, I'll I'll give it I'll give it a watch. I love that show. I um it's all encompassing to me growing up in the 80s and seeing all the 80s easter eggs in there and the music is very John Carpenter uh uh uh, inspired Mm. you know so just everything about that show for me is just like a treat you know and I feel like it's some shit that's really going on if you want my honest opinion Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the upside down world and CERN and like all of that Absolutely. I really feel like there could be some truth in that show. Yeah, for sure. But moving on, The Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Is this based on a true story? It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. I'm going to say no. Yes. Okay. So... I thought maybe the characters were fictitious. The cannibal Lecter, I mean, it's a household name, but it is fictitious. Yeah. Buffalo um, Bill, though, is, is based on Ed Gain, isn't he? The movie is an amalgamation of Ted Bundy and the Green River Killer. And there was another Philadelphia serial killer called Gary Heidnick who murdered and tortured six victims in his basement. And basically they they hodgepodge Ted Bundy, the Green River Killer, and Gary Heidnick, and they uh, 
created the serial killer Buffalo Bill. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's like he's like a an amalgamation, as you said, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I I thought that was really cool, and I'm I'm giving it. Um, it puts the lotion on its skin. Uh, puts the Joe Dirt in the hole. <laughs> I'm giving it eight. Yeah, about I give it an eight as well. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I know that it's a masterpiece of a film. It is a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. I can smell your cunt. <laughs> 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 Remember that part? Hello, Clarice. <laughs> okay. uh, have you seen Manhunter, though? No. Watch that movie. All right, send it to me on Instagram before you forget. Do you know what it is? No, I don't. I've never, I've never seen it. Is it a show? No, it's a movie. Uh, it's got William Peterson in it from the CSI show. Okay, I don't know him, I don't think. Okay, I think it was like the OG CSI. He was like the main, the main detective in it. But he plays a detective in Manhunter going after a killer called the Tooth Fairy. Ooh. And the, the Tooth, Tooth Fairy, Fairy was real, wasn't he? I don't know, but he also uh, goes to visit Hannibal Lecter in jail to get advice on how to catch the Tooth Fairy. So this is bo- this Fairy. is based on, I think it's uh, Red Dragon. Ooh. It's based on Red Dragon, so it was Manhunter. This, be- this came out before Silence of the Lambs, and it's a fucking excellent movie. I, the first time I'm hearing about it. Yeah, that sounds right up my alley because you're gonna fucking love it. Anything that's really cerebral like that, yeah, yeah, I I love that shit. Brian, I don't know if you know who Brian Cox is. He plays Hannibal Lecter in it, and he's really good. Yeah, and uh, Tooth Fairy Killer is something else. Well, I thought maybe it was based on a real person because you watched Dexter, right? Yeah. They have a tooth fairy killer in Dexter as well. I think so, yeah. And he basically, he would like kill prostitutes and pull their teeth out. That's what this guy did. Fairy. Oh, really? So maybe yeah. based on a real guy. Yeah, I think it could be, yeah. It's Hannibal Lecter's first film appearance is Manhunter. And I think it was like 86 or something that came out. There's also that show that came out. I think it's just called Hannibal. Yeah. I like it so far. I somebody recommended it to me and I watched like the first six or seven episodes and I actually really uh, liked it. So I haven't seen it, but I do like Mads Mikkelsen. Fucking yeah. awesome. So we are now moving on to Stephen King's pet cemetery. What is this place? I brought you here to bury Alan's cat. Daddy, is church all right? Why, Judge? I have my reasons. I dreamed he got hit by a car and you and Mr. Crandall buried him in the pet cemetery. What did we do tonight, Judge? What we did, Lois, was a secret. Is this based on a true story? And I'm not talking about the shit fuck one that they did, the remake. I'm talking about April 21st. 1989 pet cemetery yep yep um 
I think it is partially based on a true story. Nope. No. But I do feel like the legends of like being able to bury something and then it coming back to life, but it's not them. Like there's something else. I feel like that could be a thing. I feel like that could be a thing too. Yeah. So I'm not going to maybe partially. Yeah. Like not outside the realm of possibility that that shit could be real. And I'm giving it also, I'm giving it, um, a nine because it scared the living shit out of me as a kid. Yeah. I watched it again, not too long ago, maybe like the past six years or so. And I give it about a six. A six. Yeah. That kid getting hit by the truck. And then, oh, then dude. Come on, Davey, now. I know, I know. Just the execution of it, though, was a little... Oh, uh, yeah, that, that it was shoddy, yeah. It was all the worst... Uh, was it, didn't he give... That, didn't that kid give uh, that, old, that old neighbor, Fred Gwynn, who was... Uh, he was um, Herman Munster. Yes. Didn't he give him the... the uh, what do they call it, though? Back of the heel slice, the Achilles yes, tendon. Yes, Achilles. Oh, sliced it. He sliced oh, it. man, that was he, bad. I, I mean, Davy. Now that is a scary one. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But this last one is actually, and then I have some honorable mentions that we need to discuss. But this last one is near and dear to my heart, which is the Mothman prophecies. Seeing a UFO is one thing. What do you do when someone comes into your office and tells you they saw this in their backyard? Okay. Is it based on a true story? Yes. Yes. And I'm giving this a 10, by the way. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Richard Gere. I remember Richard Gere's in it. Uh, injured cold used to scare the shit out of me. Oh, I mean, that right? was like on a whole nut. Wake up, number forty-seven, or yeah. whatever they said. Just like the the fact that a lot of this shit happened. It all it happened. Eight. Yeah, like they saw the Mothman flying over the silver bridge and then and it a, collapsed. He's basically the harbinger of doom, right? Yes, he's the harbinger yeah. of death. And it's like, they they went back and investigated it and they said that they found a fracture in the suspension chain, which was the cause. But what, how were they seeing this like months before, weeks before? Right. So to me, the whole story and all the sightings and everything then they made the movie. I I have to go ten on that. I have yeah, to. Yeah, it's cool. That. It's a really cool fucking story. I love Richard Gere. Did they make any other movies about it? I don't know, but I'd be They'd probably I'd make like documentaries and stuff. Well, yeah, like documentaries and stuff. But I absolutely, I'm so fascinated with cryptids too. Yeah, yeah, that's another one I'm definitely gonna have to revisit for sure. Mothman Prophecies for Halloween, Davey. Yep. You have to watch it. So, little bit of honorable mentions here, just because 
I didn't want to go too far into like the reading stories to you. We can just sit and discuss these next ones. Sure. I have Sleepy Hollow. Too. Sleepy Hollow? Eh. It's okay. But I love Tim Burton. <laughs> so do I. But I saw I saw that in the theater. I was excited for it. I and when I, when I actually saw it, me and my friend, we were like, hey, it was all right. Tell me why I hated Christina Ricci in that movie. Probably because she's like Wednesday. <laughs> she acted so poorly in that movie. Yeah, yeah. That's probably one of the reasons why I didn't like it so much. And I don't ever remember, like, there was a few movies where I was like, ooh, it's a Christina Ricci. But I didn't just love her, ever. Black Snake Moan was pretty fucking good. And she was getting that. Okay, I never saw that. Her and Sam Jackson? It was a good movie. Did you did you ever watch a movie called Now and Then? Probably Don't think not. so. It was like a girly movie, but she was in it, and I absolutely, to this day, adore that movie. And it actually had Rosie O'Donnell in it. <laughs> and more. It was a, such a hodgepodge of, like, characters. <laughs> but, um... No, I, I I I watch it every year just because I love Tim Burton movies and I yeah. love the story of Sleepy Hollow. But it I, it's only an honorable mention because it's not on the list next to like Poltergeist and like sure. like you can't put it up there next to those. I love Tim Burton's Batman. Oh, I'm Michael Keaton. I'm yeah you know how I feel about that that he's not my Batman he's not my Christian Bale yes yeah don't get me wrong I fucking love Christian Bale as Batman Mm -hmm. but I have a soft spot it was 1989 I was 10 years old I think your brother took me to the theater it is but at the same time I watch it still and I'm like it's fucking awesome no, it, it it is awesome but obviously there's a big age gap between you and I so like you're Michael Keaton is my Christian Bale. Sure, sure. Like, I grew up like... But I'm super excited to see Michael Keaton's Batman coming back in the Flash movie. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll revisit it when that Mm -hmm. one comes out and we'll see, Davey. So good. We already talked about The Shining and Rosemary's Baby, which were honorable mentions because we've talked a lot about those even on other episodes. But the sixth sense. Oh my god. Haley Joel Osment. Talk about a groundbreaking horror film. Tell me what's your well, scary part I wouldn't part say in that horror movie. film, but it was more like my fucking mind was blown at the end of the movie. That yes. set the precedent for blowing your mind at, at the end of a movie, for sure. But but tell me what the scariest part for you, what the scariest part of that movie is. I see dead people. Wow. Um, I have two parts. I think what he's in, didn't he have like, I haven't seen it in a while, but didn't he have a tent in his room? That's the scariest part for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, he's playing with his little toys in the tent. Yes. And he just looks over and there's a little girl and she's just puking all over herself. Yeah. Just like, like that. Yeah. And he just yeah. runs. He pees on himself. Right, right, right. Yeah. That part and the part where he's standing at the door at that kid's friend's house. 
and he doesn't want to go in and then they push him in yeah and there's that thing and it scratches him all up while he's in there those two scenes in that movie and then you find out at the fucking end that the dude what's his name what's his name what's his name the actor yeah bruce willis is fucking dead the entire time it's fucking crazy I know we're not like just necessarily rating these, but I'm 10 out of 10 on the Sixth Sense. Oh yeah, for sure. I still remember seeing that in the theater and me and my friends at the end, we're, we're all, we all looked at each other like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, I think I was like late teens, early twenties when that movie came out. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. And And I'm going to, I'm going to toss in, since this is an M-, M. Night Shyamalan thing, I'm not a huge fan of all of his movies, but Unbreakable is a fucking masterpiece. I don't know if I've ever seen it. What? Oh I'm, my God. I'm they made kind of a right sequel now. to it, too. You said it's M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah, Unbreakable, Bruce Willis. I have never seen this shit. I is think he the, made that after Sixth Sense, if I'm not mistaken. It says the trilogy consists of Unbreakable, Split, and Glass. Yes. And it took forever wow. for Split and Glass to come out. Because <laughs> I've watched Split and Glass. So, yeah, Unbreakable is the OG. It took six The origin years. story of Mr. Glass and David Dunn. Davey, it took him 16 years to make Split after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay, you fucked me up real quick right there. (laughs) (laughs) I had, I remember having, I remember having the special edition of Unbreakable and like I had like a little window in it and you pull the window out of it and it was all broken glass on the inside. It looked so fucking cool. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. Such a good fucking movie. Oh my god. So if we're on the subject of M. Night Shyamalan movies, I'm going with Signs and In the Water. Both great. I have Signs is better though. I mean, I've been obsessed with The Lady in the Water my entire life. It's a great movie. The minute I watched that movie. I've been absolutely obsessed with Lady in the Water. But signs? Meryl. Swing away. Swing away, Meryl. Swing away. Swing away. Amazing movie. I remember seeing that in theater too and thinking, could you imagine if one day the fucking UFO showed up and you're watching CNN and you're just like glued to the screen because the UFOs are actually here? And they show it. They show it. That one scene where it's walking by. On the TV? Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucked me up. (sighs) And let's talk about how that was like the first crop circle movie. Was it really? I swear. I I guess, yeah, because that's how they advertised it. They showed like. Crop the circle in the crop circle, yeah. And it was a small town, you know, and it's like a oh, what a great movie. And fucking Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix, like 
Oh, what a pair. Ah, amazing. What a fucking pair. Now, Davy, let's get conspiratorial for a second. Why do you think the water killed them? I don't know. Um, like your best guess. Do you think it was like the chemicals that are in our water? I don't think so. I think it could be just the fact that humans are made up of mostly water. So why not use water to kill them? Right? They might be made of something completely different. Maybe. I was thinking it was like something to say like our water is poison or something. <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. I didn't look at it look at it that way, but Okay, so I also have, and if you like Stranger Things, and we've already talked about this before, you have to like It Follows, because it had the same <laughs> kind of vibe. I, I heard you talking about that on your in your Sugar and Spice episode, and I was laughing because I was like, all I could think about was the fucking tall dude. <laughs> you know that, what I'm talking about, right? Oh, man. Oh. Dude, that scared the fucking shit out of me. Davey, it was like... You know, it was another one of those kind of movies where you're like, this is totally different. This is like completely different than anything that has come out in a long, long time. It was like if AIDS was tangible. If AIDS was a demon and it came after you, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. My mom said that too. She was like, I feel like this is a movie about STDs. Like if it was like a demon. Yeah, that's what it feels like. And, you know, looking back on it, that's exactly what it is. You have to have sex with someone gone. Yeah. Oh, my Pretty God. Pretty good. That was, that's definitely a good fucking modern horror for sure. I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. And I know we're not rating these ones, but I just have to say that. 10 out I'd, of I'd put it up there. All right. So but definitely you- the tall guy, dude, is like the scariest shit I've seen in a movie in so long. And all it is is just a tall guy ducking under a door coming after you. And it's like, it's he doesn't how look... slow it is. Yeah. It's how slow it moves. And it's how, like, it doesn't matter how far you run because it'll catch up with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you watch any Jordan Peele movies like the remake of Candyman? Oh, did Jordan Peele do that one? Yeah. The remake. I didn't know we did the remake. I couldn't find it anywhere for the life of me. To, I wanted to watch it. It was really good. It was a but whole I, story. Cool, because I love the original Candyman. I did too. And did you know Candyman is based on a true story? Yes. Yeah. So Which Candy- makes it even scarier. Yeah. It makes it way scarier to me. It makes it way scarier to me. And I, I, um, Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I looked into the story and basically they had convicted this guy and it wasn't even him that was doing it. Oh, okay. Poisoning the candies. And it was, it was like, oh, shit. And. But was he a slave? He was like. uh, Because he was a slave and he got lynched, right? He got lynched. On a a pyre with bees surrounding him, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it it was like a really old story, but it's like that's where Candyman found its like roots or whatever. Okay. But I mean, obviously, it came out around the same time as like Leprechaun, and that was a bunch of BS. You know what I mean? So it was. Where like- me, pot of gold. <laughs> yeah. 
fucking crazy. They did so many of those movies too. They even did Leprechaun in the Hood. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. So did you ever watch The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix? I couldn't get into it. You're shitting me. I watched the first episode, I think, or the first two, and I, I, I just couldn't do it. Davey, it doesn't even pick up until like the third or fourth episode. See, and that's where you lose me, because if it doesn't pick it, get me by the second, I'm fucking done for. Davey. <laughs> that is so disappointing. I could try it again. Um, to go Why back here. Just start it in the middle and just watch it till the end then, because it's the scariest. That's like the realest shit. I'll try it. I'll try it. Um, to answer your last question, yes, I have seen Get Out and Us. I thought Us was like an analogy for your shadow self. Dude, Us was fucking brilliant. It was. Get Out was cool, but like you said in your show, it was like suspenseful. Whereas mm-hmm. Us was more like, dude, you know? Like you have a shadow self. Yeah, and if you get Living. like, let's say you, you actually have a clone of yourself, that clone isn't going to have all of your good tendencies and shit. So it's probably going to be like your evil self, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all the clones holding hands at the end of the movie. Oh, oh my god! I had chills up my fucking spine. What a fucking movie that was! This Jordan Peele is one hell of a director. I oh. didn't watch Nope yet, but I it's on my list. I watched Nope, and I watched. I've basically anything he does, I watch because he's a storyteller, and I yeah. love that. that and it's amazing great. how he went from comedy to brilliant fucking horror film director. You would, and see, when people are, like, really talented like that, it's like, they could, they could really play both sides of the fence on some of that shit. Because there's a fine line between, like, being funny and being, something being horrific, because a lot of the characters are funny in the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of comical moments in the movies, and then, like, in Get Out, like, the police officer guy. Right, right. Or the, the TSA agent, whatever. He was so funny. But then you have, like, this super serious stuff that's going on. Yeah. Oh, I love all of those. You would like his Candyman, Davey. Oh, I, I definitely got to see that for sure. Does, now, does, it still take about, place in, uh, does it still take place in Cabrini Green? In Candyman? Yeah. Yeah, it's... um. Cabrini Green is the housing project that they all Yeah, in. So, so it's in there, but it's not... Ba- and I don't want to give too much away, but it's basically like they ran everybody out of there and it's like abandoned now. Well, yeah, that's how pretty much how it was in the original. Okay, so yeah, yeah, he goes back to it, but it's not like the focus of the movie. Okay. But I think, yeah. So what about Insidious? One and two were great. I couldn't get into three or four. So, which one is the one that has the keys on the cover? That's the fourth the third one. one. The fourth one, I did not care for the fourth. Yeah, one. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I don't know. Uh, one and two were great, though. One and two, absolutely horrifying. I saw one in the theater by myself because I was so excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, it scared the shit out of me. 
You know why I the couldn't further. get into the ones? Yes. I couldn't get into it after the old lady died. Have you ever heard of astral projection? Um, yes. Is the out-of-body experience or something? Well, I, I like to call them travelers. You see, these are people with the ability to leave their physical body and to travel to different places in astral form. Now, Dalton, he is a very accomplished astral projector. He's been doing it in his sleep for a long time. He has been since he was very young. And he's unafraid because he thinks they're dreams. And it's that very lack of fear that has led him to travel too far and to become lost. Lost? Lost where? In a place that I call the further. What does that mean? The further is a world far beyond our own, yet it's all around us. A place without time as we know it is a dark realm filled with the tortured souls of the dead. A place not meant for the living. That's where Dalton is. And the problem is that with his astral body gone, he's just left us with a physical body, an empty vessel. And there are entities that know this because they can smell it. That's why they're gathered around him. Yeah, she was, oh, what's her name again? She's, I love her. She's a great actress. She was in, uh, she was in Candy, uh, not Candy, Kingpin. You ever see Kingpin? No. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, I have seen Kingpin. She was like, your, your rent is late, Munson. (laughs) 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 She's hilarious. Yeah, she's hilarious. She has like that creepiness about her, though. She, oh, she totally does. Yeah. And the character that they had, the ghost that they had in the first two movies was just completely otherworldly. Like the black veil. And it was like, you find out it was a transgender or, or yeah, it was a guy who dressed up as the black bride. And it's just like totally mind twisting. Like, you know, like the the demon that had the, the red face and uh the black like the black and red makeup yeah from Insidious. yeah yeah initially i thought it kind of looked like i was like really he looks like darth maul <laughs> 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 and so it, it didn't really freak me out but when it went up behind that that one chick at the beginning or near the middle of the movie it was like <sighs> kind of freaked me out <laughs> Yeah, the guy that's in that those movies, you know his name. He's in the Conjuring movies. Which oh, Patrick Wilson? Patrick Wilson. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's a good-looking guy, and he's a great actor. I, I, I like him a lot. Actually, there's quite a few movies in, uh, that he's been in that I really like. Yeah, same. I have one last honorable mention, and then I'll turn the floor over to you, Davy. Okay. Stay Alive. Have you heard of it? Have you ever watched it? Stay Alive? Never heard of it. Yeah, this could be nice. Sweet Sebastian Bach, I want to play. Miller, you signed in yet? I'm here. 
All right, let's boot it up. The name of this game is Stay Alive. We don't know much else other than we're not supposed to have it. Whoa. Did you guys feel that? Hell yeah. Oh, what's that? What's that? Damn it, man, she got me. Some, some, some woman, man. Hey, somebody out there? Miller, who are you talking to, man? You play the game too long. You know, you start seeing stuff. Hello? Miller died the same way he died in the game. This can't just be a coincidence. I think you're right. You serious, man? Listen to yourself. Don't you get it? If you die in the game, you die for real. Is that the one where it's like a... Hold on. It's like a uh, video game, right? Yes. Yeah. I remember liking it. I don't remember it too well, but I do remember enjoying it for sure. So that one is a 10 out of 10 for me. And I, the only reason I didn't put it in the list is because it was like a sleeper and nobody, like barely anybody ever watched it. And that was news to me because it's always been like my top five favorite horror movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And I started researching it for another episode that I'm going to release for Halloween. And it turns out that not only do they mention like Crowley and sex magic and like all this. Oh, really? Magic. I got to rewatch yeah. that. It's shit. Disney's only horror film. Disney did that shit? Disney's only horror film. Wow. I definitely got to rewatch it then. Is Stay Alive. I really got to watch that again. And think about it, Davey. It's the story of Elizabeth Bathory. Right. I mean, that shit. And it had Frankie Muniz in it. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That movie to me is like completely timeless. Like I watch it every single year like it's brand new. And it's like really, eh? so outdated, but I still love it to bits. But the whole video game thing is kind of outdated the way they do it, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's it is outdated now. But what do you what what are your honorable mentions? Probably greater than honorable for me because uh let's face it, I am a little bit older, so I have uh classics that are up there for me in like my tops, right? So I'm gonna say my favorite horror movie of all time is 1978, Dawn of the Dead. Oh, wow, Davey. Yeah. yeah. How classy of you. <laughs> wow. It's my, it's not my favorite movie of all time. But it's your favorite horror movie. Definitely, yeah. Definitely 20 out of 10. You know, it's just that movie... I probably watched it about over 60 times, like realistically. Uh, I have the special edition five disc DVD set that was signed by George A. Romero himself. Uh, I met, I got to meet him at a fan expo. Um, so that's definitely an honorable mention. <laughs> so would you uh, say then like Evil Dead? Evil Dead is definitely up there. 
Because that that's actually the very other. first movie that gave me nightmares as a child was Evil Dead. But now watching it now, it's kind of funny in a way. Well, the, the remake, they, it's not funny at all. No, the remake is not. They, they really did a good job with that oh. shit. Holy shit, was that ever scary. Mm-hmm. Cabin Fever. <sighs> I don't know why that just popped in my mind, but Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever is a good one. That was Eli yeah. Ross. Yeah. Oh, fuck him. Oh, I love Eli Roth, man. The Bear Jew? The Bear Jew from Inglorious Bastards? I love Inglorious Bastards, but some of those scenes, man, that's Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some other classics, though. Honorable mentions, there's another one called, I believe it's, yeah, it's from 1981. It's called uh, the director's Lucio, Lucio Fulci, Italian horror film director. Uh, directed a movie called... No, you're close. I was going there next. Okay. <laughs> so Lucio Fulci directed a movie called The Beyond. Ooh, I've never seen it. The I think the only thing you can find it on right now is Tubi. It's on Tubi. Uh, fucking wild horror movie. Very visceral. Very um uh what do you call it practical effects mm-hmm. kind of thing with like pieces of wood going to somebody's eyeball and like pulling out and shit fuck all, off. yeah all kinds of shit like that um yeah suspiria directed by uh dario argento mm-hmm. that is also another apocalypse trilogy no it's called it's called the witch trilogy i've so only ever watched that one okay so there's suspiria and then there's um uh, Inferno, and then there's uh, a, a much more modern one called uh, Mother of Tears. Ooh. Yeah, all good movies. You should watch those. Oh, my God. Yeah, Dario Argento is great. So Dario Argento was known for what's called uh, a subgenre of horror called uh, Giallo. G-I-A-L-L-O. So it's basically like violent detective movies. That's why they're so brilliant and bright. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So Giallo. There's even a movie called Giallo directed by Dario Argento starring Adrian Brody. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It's a more oh modern my God. Dario Argento movie. So since you said that, have you ever seen a movie called Splice? Oh, was that the one with, um... It's got Adrian in it. <clears throat> and, like, um... Uh, like Some a red-haired girl. Yeah, and she had, like, these weird eyes. They make a baby using right. their own DNA and, like, animal DNA. Right, 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 right. I did... I think I did see that, yeah. That movie is... It's not scary, but it's very good. Mm-hmm. If you want to go to... Dario Argento again... We'll go to a movie called Deep Red. Haven't seen it. It's another Jello film. Uh, so one cool thing that I love about Dario Argento is that he used uh, a band for a lot of his movies called Goblin. They're an Italian progressive rock band, and they did a lot of the scores for his movies. I have a Blu-ray of them uh, performing like three back-to-back concerts. <clears throat> Uh, their music is amazing, but 
George Romero was friends with Dario Argento and Dario agreed to release Dawn of the Dead in Europe as long as he could rescore the movie with Goblin soundtrack. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and George Romero uh, agreed to it. <clears throat> so the European cut of Dawn of the Dead has like pretty much nothing but Goblin's score. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking and great. And I just have to shout out Mikey J from KGUP Presents right now because he's the one I had him on. The episode's not out yet, but he's the one who said his favorite movie of all time was Susperia. And then I had never seen it, so I had I had to go and watch it. Did you like it? I Yeah, but I was like, he had blown my mind with that answer because I was like, what are you? And then I went back and watched it and I was like, everything he said about it was true. Like, it was like a it's, work of art. It very much is. It's so colorful. The scenes in it, like the camera work, the, the fucking backgrounds, the settings, super colorful, vivid, beautiful, uh, terrifying by the end of the movie. Oh, the you end. You know that, that mother witch, dude? Like, forget oh. it. She's hot. Oh they, did, they did a remake of it. He on said Amazon that Prime, and I finally watched it uh, a few years back, and it's it's barely the same. It's got the same kind of concept, but it's still pretty fucking good. I gotta say, really, definitely worth a watch. Yeah, because I've watched Suspiria so many times before that, so I was like, really, they remade Suspiria? How the fuck is that gonna work, right? And I watched it, and they did a really good job. Okay, so, but I, I, I obviously will watch the remake, but I'll just say off of the only one that I've seen, which is the original, it was great. It's really good. And we didn't... And also, it. Goblin Goblin did the score to that movie, too. Okay, yeah. It's so you know that... Witch! Right? Ah, so good. We didn't even mention the ring. Ring eh, it was okay. I'm thinking of my childhood though. Obviously, yeah. we grew up in different times, but yeah, it just it came into my head because I was like, "Oh, the ring," and then I think um, I think for me, the old fucking horror movies are scarier. What about like just, Body Snatchers? Oh, the the uh, the, the first rich. the first remake with Jeff Goldblum and uh, Leonard Nimoy. That was Donald Sutherland. So good, so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so good. Yes, especially the end with Donald when you don't expect it. Donald Sutherland was like, "Ah, (laughs) "Dude, so (laughs) disappointing, but so terrifying." Yes. Yes. (sighs) Have you ever seen? Oh, we didn't get into fucking David Cronenberg. Who the fuck is this? Have you ever seen, uh, okay, so a big movie that he did, uh, The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. Love it, love it, love it. That was David Cronenberg who directed that. So you're going to want to go back and look at David Cronenberg's older movies like Shivers. Shivers is really good. Uh, Rabid, uh, Scanners. I love all the titles already. Oh, I have I have a Criterion Collection DVD of uh, Blu-ray of uh, Scanners, and that movie is about like it's kind of like in the future a little bit, 
where people have these psychic abilities where they could basically like fucking make somebody's head explode from just like looking uh, at them. Right? Uh... Yeah. So there's this one bad guy uh, played by Michael Ironside and he's in a bunch of fucking action horror movies and he's the bad guy and his name is Revik. Right? Ooh. Yeah. And so there's this other guy, he's the good guy and he's figuring out that he's a scanner. He can read people's minds, do telepathy, all that shit. But Revik wants to hire all these fucking scanners to be on his side, the evil side, whereas they're running from him and trying to get away from him. Because this guy, like, could just look at you and go fucking make your head explode, right? Yeah, it's a fucking cool movie, dude. Damn. <laughs> and they did scanners two and three and shit, but they were shitty. But the first scanners is amazing. I have so you literally have to remember all these titles that I'll just go back and re-listen to the episode anyways, but like you just have like <laughs> six different movies and I'm like, wait, what? In one shot, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, David Cronenberg is amazing. And there's another one he did Videodrome and it had Debbie Harry in it from Blondie. She was in a movie? Oh yeah, it was a great fucking movie. What? <laughs> Video that's Videodrome. And a more recent one he did, well, like early two thousands, was I'm saying more recent, it was twenty years ago. Uh, Jude Law, and Jennifer Jason Lee, called Existence, where they have uh, their video game designers, and they have a it's like, they call it a biopod. So you suck the biopod and you stick it in your belly button, it, it attaches to you, and you're in a virtual reality game. You can't tell the difference Fuck between reality. Off. Yeah, it's so fucking good. <laughs> oh fuck off <laughs> it's so good you're blowing my mind right now because like obviously the generation gap right 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 we have a lot of stuff in common that we like too sure sure and now i'm thinking of like any possible ones that we might be skipping over and like our listeners are going to be like you assholes didn't even mention and then we'll be like ah oh, fuck we forgot can you think yeah. of Yeah. God, there's so many. That's the problem. But I'm talking like that are cult classics. Like the ones we were talking about earlier, but like we watch them every year and we don't even really think of them as like these are classics, but they're classics. I to me a cult classic would be like The Toxic Avenger. Have you seen The Toxic Avenger? No. so this is a trauma movie and a lot of trauma movies are called classics they have monster in my closet uh surf nazis must die uh fuck you name it these a sergeant kabuki man nypd uh (laughs) there's so many but the toxic avenger they are totally goofy and toxic avenger itself is goofy but it's a must watch I, i i put this movie on at parties and people would love it um this mop boy named uh melvin is it melvin yeah melvin yeah melvin so <laughs> he gets teased by this fucking like basically a group of murderers that run people over and take points of like which people they run down they oh this handicap kid boom kill him and then they keep points of it, right? <laughs> it's crazy. And then they tease Melvin the Mop Boy 
And he ends up running out of the fucking window at a gym and landing into a, uh, a barrel of toxic waste. Fuck off. Running home. He's like, he's all fucking like distorted and shit. Sits in the bathtub, gets out of the bathtub and transforms into the toxic Avenger. He's got one eye up here, one eye down here. You know, fucking. Oh, for God's sake, it's, aw- it's awesome. I'm telling you. And he ends up becoming like the town superhero, right? So he just mops up the bad guys. He's still got his mop. He's wearing a fucking tutu that they killed him in, right? It's it's amazing. (laughs) I might pass on that one. Oh no, you have to see the Toxic Avenger. They made four. But it's on the bottom (laughs) of my list. Okay. (laughs) I mean, give me a break. Dude, it's classic. It's 80s classic 80s schlock. It's great. (laughs) There was a movie I watched with my mom all the time, and it might be another sleeper movie, but it had Kevin Bacon in it. And he Uh, had like prophetic dreams of where this girl was buried in his house. Stir of Echoes. That was a great movie. Stir of Echoes. Really good fucking movie. I watched that about five times or so really really scary yeah really good man and they had a fucking cover of painted black on there yes yeah that was a great movie all right so before we wrap up i gotta ask you a question which is do you feel like there's a little bit of truth in most horror movies even if we can't find the story for it 100 percent. i agree 100%. 100%. Yeah. If it comes from the mind of man, which all these movies do, then there's some truth in there, you know? Absolutely. Any, and that goes to, that goes uh, without saying about like other kinds of uh, quote unquote mythological movies. I think there's a, a huge, uh, there's a very fine line between mythology and uh, reality and fact and fiction, right? Mm-hmm. Fiction and nonfiction, very fine line. Like if you can will it like into existence on a page, which goes into a movie format, um, it could exist. I think um, there's a reason why we call psychics mediums, right? Because their imagination is coming forth into reality, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it's very, very, a very, very fine line between the two. I absolutely agree with you. And of course, we are besties. So I'm glad that you agreed to come on and talk to me tonight. And this will be an excellent Halloween episode. But go ahead and let everyone know where they can listen to the Red Pill Cartel podcast. Okay. First and foremost, you can go on to my Instagram at Red Pill Cartel Podcast. One word, no underscores, no nothing. Uh, You can find the link in my bio to the show, which will connect you to either Spotify, Apple. uh, uh, What are those little ones called again? (laughs) Podbean. 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 Yeah, like all that shit. Yeah, you'll find me pretty much anywhere. Um, And I'm looking for feedback. I'm looking for reviews. I'm looking for uh, direct messages if you want to come on the show. And it's basically just a spot that you can hang out, 
where you can feel a little bit less crazy because I'm crazy too and we can connect with each other. So that's what it's all about. And that's how our beautiful friendship started because we both just spout off at the mouth. and That's it. <laughs> yeah. And whoever wants to get on our wave, you know, that's why I call myself Davey Wavy. Uh, it, has a, it has a history. You know, my ex-girlfriend's kid was autistic and he used to call me Davey Wavy all the time and I, had, I hit a soft spot for me, right? And I kind of incorporated that with the whole spirituality vibe, like the wave thing, the wavelength, the energy wave, right? So, And everything and everyone is made of energy. So when you can connect with other people who are on your same wavelength, it's a beautiful thing. It really is, truly. But thank you so much, Davey, for coming on. Thank you. It was a pleasure. This is like my favorite shit to talk about and you snagged me for it so oh no you were the absolute first person that came to my mind when I was like I want to do like great horror movies and I was like Davey that's who I need need Davey (laughs) you know what we're missing though we could have had a fucking beef and cheddar from Arby's right now (laughs) (laughs) oh my god saw some horsey sauce on that shit we're good to go I'm an Arby sauce person, but I agree. And uh, to all my listeners, thank you so much. Happy Halloween, and we will see you on the next one.